my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where I am talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution that is happening right now. It should be... Uh, I think it will be, my goal is to make it be the most important part of your entire week. And the reason why I say that is because what we're witnessing right now is something that is literally going to change the world. I mean, it has the most, it's going to have the most profound impact across every area of your life and society, uh, more than we even know today. And I don't say that lightly. I'm not trying to overhype it up. I really believe that. Um, and not just is it going to make such a big impact, but if you can embrace this technology um, and the power of its ability to protect or I should even say grow or increase your purchasing power over time, that basically means you're going to increase your U.S. dollar stack. Um, the, the, the ability, the power for that to happen could literally change your life. I know it's changed my life. I've been uh, buying Bitcoin since 2015 uh, when it was about three or $400. And today it's, uh, you know, in the 55, 60,000 range. So you can imagine how much that's changed my life. But don't worry, it's not too late. Now, 
This is um, what I'm calling the biggest asymmetric play, the biggest asymmetric bet of your life. In order to take advantage of that, you have to have the asymmetric opportunity, which is what I'm bringing you each and every week. So while I'm, while I'm finishing that thought, pull your phone out, uh, put, a, put a reminder, put a calendar a reminder for this channel, for this time, for this station to be back with me each and every week. It's going to be the most profitable, the most important, um, have the most impact uh, this this spot this time each and every week. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump into some content. Um, what is going on this week that you need to be paying attention to? Um, as uh, hopefully you're tuning in with me each and every week, you know that I say each and every week that the price is really the least important part of Bitcoin, um, especially right now. The price is uh, what I call a short-term distraction. However, I also call it a bait and switch. Um, people come in for the price and then they realize the power that it has to change the world for the better. We say fix the money, fix the world. And that's exactly what's happening. However, it's that bait and switch. People need to come in thinking they're going to make money. And so we'll talk about that for a minute. Um, and so if you're paying attention to Bitcoin and the entire cryptocurrency space, then you probably know that it's recently been taking a tumble. Back in uh, just just uh, two weeks ago, on November 10th, we hit a new all-time high. We're at about 68, about 69,000 US dollars for one single Bitcoin. Now, this is probably a good time for me to tell you. Well, actually, I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> um, so it hit about $69,000. And um, since that time in the last, I guess, 13 days, as I said, it's fallen about 16%. Now, in the world of the stock market, when you're looking at the NASDAQ or Tesla stock or anything like that, or you're looking at uh, traditional assets, bonds, et cetera, if they were to fall 16%, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> if the stock market crashed 16%, it'd be really bad. Um, but in the world of cryptocurrency, it's kind of normal. So it's not that big of a deal. Now, I understand if you're, you haven't been around that long, you might be worried about it. Let me give you an example. So just if we go back to last month, about 30 days ago, October 21st, yeah, about October 21st, we were at a high of 67,000, and then we dropped 12.5% um, over the next couple of days. So that was just a month ago. So we had a 12.5% drop. Now we have a 16% drop. I mean, it just it kind of happens. It goes up and down, up and down. If we go back a little bit further in time, we can go back to September 7th. Uh, we had hit a local high of 53,000, and then we dropped all the way down 25%, all the way down to 39,000 before jumping all the way back up to almost 70,000. So um, don't get caught up in these little short-term movements. Don't get panicked. Um, that's why I say, it's kind of a distraction. Um, it just kind of moves up and down. That's what it does. If you zoom out, it looks a lot different. And that's what I'd advise everyone to do. Now, I did say I was going to tell you something else. I'll tell you right now. I'm not going to make you wait too long for it. And basically, what a lot of people maybe don't know, maybe you don't know, is that you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. <laughs> you don't have to have $55,000, $65,000 to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. It's kind of like, a, you know, you've probably seen in the movies, like those big gold bars. Those are like 400 ounce gold bars, you know, at a, you know, gold price, approximately $1,800 right now for a single ounce. One of those bars is about, a, about three quarters of a million dollars. You don't have to buy a whole gold bar. You can buy an ounce of gold, 
You can buy you can buy a gram of gold. And so Bitcoin is kind of the same way. Um, it's a big problem that a lot of new people have coming into the cryptocurrency space, and we call it unit bias. And so what happens is people go, oh, dang, Bitcoin's $50,000, $60,000. That's too expensive. I can't afford that. So, ooh, what's this uh, dog coin over here? I don't know what it is, but it's cheap. And since it's cheap... I should buy it because it's cheap, and one day it might be worth as much as Bitcoin. And we call that unit bias. Um, and so people think just because something is cheaper, it's better, which is interesting because we don't typically go through the rest of the stuff in our life thinking that, uh, but some people have that bias. And so I want to kind of explain one concept to you, and then we'll get into some more stuff. But basically, uh, as you're probably all aware, a dollar, one U.S. dollar, is divisible into one hundred cents, right? A hundred cents. A Bitcoin is divisible into a hundred million sats. Sats, cents, kind of the same thing, just different divisibility. Um, and so just like you don't have to have a whole dollar, you can have one cent, one penny. You don't have to have a whole Bitcoin. You can have one sat or 10 sats or a thousand sats or a million sats or whatever it may be. Um, I think roughly today, I think it's about 1,500 I'm going to look it up here while I'm talking to you. It's about 1,500 sats, roughly 1,300 sats equals one U.S. dollar. So just kind of give you um, that, that comparison. So you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a percentage. And when it comes to investing, it's always about the percentage of gain. So a lot of times people come into my um, investing groups and they're like, um, hey, I have this amount of dollars. What should I do? And it's like, it's not about the amount of dollars that you have. It's about the percentages. So I think about dividing my dollars into percentages, and I think about the percentage gains I can make on those. And so going back to Bitcoin, whether you buy $5 worth of Bitcoin or $5 worth of Doge or $5 worth of Ethereum, it's, it's still $5 US dollars worth. That's your entry um, price. But then what's the percentage that it will go up by, right? So that's one way to think about it. Don't be confused by unit bias. That's one of the big problems that people have is that um, when they come in, maybe they'll start with an exchange like Coinbase, for example, or Gemini or Kraken, and they'll open up one of those exchanges and they'll look at all the different cryptocurrencies that they have on there. And of course, they don't know. Usually they don't know what they all are. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just go buy the cheapest one because of that unit bias. And so I just want, want to caution you for that. Just because you see Bitcoin is fifty or $60,000, you don't have to have that much. Just because you see Ethereum is at you know, 4000 or $4,300, you don't have to have that much. Um, so you don't have to go buy the new meme coin because it's a penny or a fraction of a penny. Um, don't fall into that trap. All right. Now, I do want to talk about some really big news that that is happening right now. And a lot of people say this is why Bitcoin has tumbled 16 percent uh, because of this news. Like I said, we're down about 16 percent from the high. Now, this news has been kind of recirculating and popping back up here and there. Everybody's been waiting for it to break. And it looks like it finally has. So I'm going to explain that to you. We'll take a look at if this is the cause um, to have Bitcoin drop. And if so, what should we be thinking about watching and so forth? Uh, so I'm going to talk about that. Uh, by the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. And of course, as I've told you, <laughs> we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution. 
I'm going to break it down for you each and every week so you can have the best risk-adjusted return of your entire life. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I'm going to be right back and explain to you what or what potentially has caused this Bitcoin drop. So don't go away. All right. Welcome back. You are back with me, Mark Moss. Listen to The Mark Moss Show. And we're talking about Bitcoin, of course. <laughs> Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies in the decentralized revolution. I don't mean to laugh. It's a pretty serious thing. I'm just trying to have fun with you guys. Um, and if you tune in each week, of course, you already know what I'm talking about. But it should be the most important, the most um, most important part of your week as I break all of this down for you. Now, before the break, we were talking about um, you know the recent drop in Bitcoin's price. We're down about 16%. Um, it's a distraction. And I kind of broke down to you just over the last month or two how we've seen drops this big or bigger. Um, and so it just kind of happens. But some people are speculating that this new piece of news broke that has been causing this to happen. And so um, let me tell you what this is. So um, this week we saw it says uh, the headline says Bitcoin heads for worst week in months as the Mount Gox payout looms. What does that mean? The Mount Gox payout looms? Well, basically, back way, 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 way back in the early days of Bitcoin, which all the way about 10 years ago, um, there wasn't a lot of services and options. And so we didn't have Coinbase and Kraken and Gemini and all these options back then. And there was really one exchange that most people were using to, you know, buy and sell their Bitcoin. And it was called Mt. Gox. And Mt. Gox, at the time, I mean, nobody knew anything about this. It was, it was such new technology. Um, there, it, it, was, it was brand new technology. So there was nobody that had come from, you know, working on this previously. And so you basically had people trying to kind of figure this out in real time. And the founder of this Mt. Gox, Mt. Gox exchange, I forget the exact story. I don't have it pulled up. Um, but I think he had come from like the music business or whatever. He ran some sort of like a website that like let people trade music. If I'm, if I'm mistaken, forgive me. Um, but he didn't really have a background in finance or stocks or anything like that. And so he kind of put this exchange together and let's just say that he didn't have the best security. <laughs> we'll just say that. And so all these people had their Bitcoin on there. Now at the time, Bitcoin was very, very, very cheap. It wasn't worth a lot of money. So at the time they had lots and lots and lots of Bitcoin on there. And well, with a big exchange with a lot of Bitcoin and very bad security, what do you think happened? <laughs> um, basically, the exchange was hacked. Um, the thing got shut down. Um, the founder disappeared. All these things happened where it left investors losing a lot of money. Now, at the time, they were losing a lot of money, but in today's dollars of Bitcoin, it is a lot. And so they've been going to court. It's been going on for years and years and years and years. And all these people that had money on that exchange, of course, they want their Bitcoin back because it's become so valuable now today. And it's been going through for a long time and basically news broke this week that potentially these creditors um, are going to finally release the money um, to pay off the people that had money on those exchanges. And basically what they're afraid of is that once all of this Bitcoin gets released, um, it's just going to be dumped into the market. It's all going to be sold into the market. Now, you know, your favorite economist is going to try to make things super complicated about the way the economy works and the way the stock markets work and all these things. But let me just make it simple for you. You ever heard of supply and demand? That's basically how things work, supply and demand. So 
when you have more demand for something than there is supply, <laughs> the price goes up, obviously. And if you have more supply than there is demand, the price goes down. And so Bitcoin has a consistent supply schedule, meaning um, every single day there's um, new Bitcoin being released into the um, environment, into the market, and you have about a steady appetite for that Bitcoin. If all of a sudden somebody comes around and dumps a huge amount of Bitcoin into the market, adds to the supply, but the um, demand doesn't increase equally, then it will put downward pressure on the price, then the price will drop down, all right? And so that's what people are afraid of. People are afraid that these, these investors have been waiting for their money for so long, since, since 2014, um, they've been waiting for their money, and that you know by the time they finally get it, they're just, they just want their money, they wanna be done with this thing and kinda, and, and just be over. And so that's what they're afraid of. If that happens, you know, I don't know if that's the case, um, but to kinda put this into perspective, man, I, I think uh, back in 2014, I don't know exactly, I don't have it pulled up exactly the month this happened, but you know, Bitcoin was at about 200 bucks, you know? And it's up at 65, uh, 55, 57,000 right now. So these people are potentially going to get a lot of money. And so it might make sense. They might want to capture some of that profit and dump it into the market. And so that's exactly what people are afraid of. Now, will that happen? Will that cause this, you know, to, to cause the market to go down? Will there be this increased selling pressure? Of course, we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. I think what happens is people are always trying to figure out a reason why the price is going up and down. But the reality is sometimes it just goes up and down. Nothing goes up or down in a straight line. Um, it just moves, right? And so um, there's traders that are coming in. They're trying to take profits at certain levels. And so the price just moves up and down. We don't have to have uh, answer every single time the stock market drops, the gold market drops, or Bitcoin market drops. And so I think a lot of times people are 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 reaching, right? They're trying to come up with news. These, these news sites have to come up with an article, um, but it could, it could happen and something to be aware of. But again, that's why I keep going back to saying that the price is a short-term distraction because even if these people did receive, you know, this huge chunk of Bitcoin, which could potentially happen in the first quarter of next year, um, even if that did happen, and even if they did want to sell a lot, that might put some short-term downward pressure into the market and we might see the price dip. But then it's absorbed by the market, and then the market just goes back up again. It's not going to change the long-term trajectory. As a matter of fact, it might be good to just get this out of the way, because as I was kind of saying before, this, this same article keeps resurfacing every so often. Oop, looks like they're going to release the Mt. Gox tokens. Everybody watch out. Um, and so it seems like it just kind of keeps recycling over and over and over. So I think it'd be good just to get it out of the way, um, get it over with. Now, this has nothing to do with the long-term outlook of Bitcoin, which we're going to get into. I want to talk about some of the bigger news, what's happening. Um, and so this has nothing to do with any of that. It's just short-term price. The other thing is that, you know, when you look at some of these price charts, if you look at the, the technical analysis, the candles, you see this volatility and you're like, dang, why didn't, why didn't I just sell there? And then I should have bought back in here. Um, why didn't I do that? Well, what they say is hindsight is 2020, right? It's easy when you're looking backwards, but the reality is, um, you can't trade news like this. There's no way to know the top or the bottom until you're looking backwards. So, um, you know, it just is what it is. I, in my opinion, I think you just zoom out 
your dollar cost average in. That means you buy a little bit um, over time and the market demand will continue growing higher and higher and higher. The technology will continue taking off more and more and more, and the price will just take care of itself, all right? Now, going back to what I said, this doesn't change the long-term demand. There was something else that happened this week that um, I think just shows how big of a demand this is going to have. As a matter of fact, there are some very important and powerful people who think it could have some of the most powerful consequences of the whole world. I want to explain what that is when I get back in just a second. By the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. And of course, uh, if you're just tuning in, you probably don't know, but we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about this decentralized revolution that's happening. History is being made while we are watching. It's pretty, pretty incredible when you step back. So I'm Mark Moss. We'll be back with more Bitcoin content in just a minute. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. You are back with me again, Mark Moss, as we talk about Bitcoin each and every week. We're going to be talking about the cryptocurrency markets. We're going to be talking about the decentralized revolution that is taking place. We're literally witnessing it as we go through. And I know, um, you know, 
a lot of people are busy. A lot of people aren't zoomed out. They're not paying attention. And a lot of the stuff that's happening today, maybe you don't notice it or uh, maybe it just, it's just going to blow over. But I'm telling you, this is going to have profound implications for the future. Now, in my opinion, great uh, implications for the future. Some people think it could have bad implications for the future. And I guess it depends on which side of the power structure you're on. So before the break, I was talking about how somebody who's pretty powerful is worried that it could actually be bad. Um, but if they think it's bad, then I think it's good. So um, the news story is that Hillary Clinton, uh, good old Hillary, says that cryptocurrency has the potential to destabilize nations and traditional currencies. Cryptocurrency has the potential to destabilize nations and traditional currencies. So think about that. So before the break, I was talking about Mt. Gox and how um, people think that maybe the reason why the market, the price, the U.S. dollar value of Bitcoin took a dip is because this Mt. Gox is finally going to release all these Bitcoin that could dump on the market. Um, that's very, very short term. That's like trying to ride a bicycle and just looking at your front tire. You can't do that. You got to look out ahead. Um, so anyone who's looking at this Mt. Gox incident and, and worrying about the price is basically staring at their front tire. Look at the long game here. You have Hillary Clinton, who is, you know, pretty influential in the world, pretty connected, obviously, which is why the news, news, news headlines um, feature her. And she's saying that it has the potential to destabilize nations and traditional currencies. It's going to be that big. Um, she warned of the rise of um, new crypto technologies and what that could mean. I mean, she's obviously not a fan, um, and she thinks it could undermine these. Now, she's not alone. We've also heard from Janet Yellen, who's at the U.S. Treasury, saying the same thing. We have um, people for like uh, from the ECB, the European Central Bank, from the IMF, like Christine Lagarde. She says that she said that innovation is a threat to our financial stability. Basically the same thing as Hillary's saying. But what they're really saying is that it's a threat to their monopoly on the financial system. Um, you might have heard of the Rothschild family before. Um, if you've been involved in finance um, for any period of time, especially if you're into more of the, uh, we'll say, uh, controversial type topics, I don't want to say conspiratorial, but you might have heard of the Rothschild family. Uh, I think it was Mayor Rothschild in like the mid-1800s famously said, I care not who makes a nation's laws. Or say, I think he said, give me control over a nation's money, and I care not who makes the laws. So they don't care about the laws. They care about who controls the money. And so when you hear Christine Lagarde from the International Monetary Fund and the ECB or Janet Yellen or now Hillary Clinton saying that, cryptocurrency is a threat to the financial system, what they're really saying is that it's a threat to their monopoly on that. Back to Mayor Rothschild, he only wants to control the money. They're losing control of the money. And if you think about this, Bitcoin is a open, borderless, um, permissionless, decentralized protocol. That's all it is. All it is is a piece of computer code at the end of the day. It's not 
any new technology like an iPhone, it's a protocol, kind of like the internet protocol, which is a TCP IP. If any of you have ever set up like your uh, home router or something like that, you know what an IP address is. So TCP IP is a protocol that's used for people to be able to send packets of information across the internet. Well, Bitcoin is also a piece of code. It's a protocol that allows you to send value over the internet. That's it. And so, and and not only that, just like TCPIP, the internet protocol, uh, the TCPIP internet protocol is decentralized. Nobody owns it. Nobody controls it. It's just, it's a piece of code. That's it. It's just a piece of code that's open. Anyone can see what the code says. Anyone can build onto the code. Um, Nobody's protecting the code. It's just a piece of open source code. And that's what Bitcoin is as well, open source code. And Hillary Clinton is saying that it has the power to undermine the entire financial system. So think about this. So the financial system, think about the United States dollar, which is the reserve currency of the entire world. Um, it's A lot of people say, you know, still think it's backed by gold. Um, some people think it's backed by nothing, which it is. Some people think it's backed by the military, the guns, the weapons, etc. Um, so we have the, the United States dollar, the, which is the reserve currency of the world, the SWIFT banking system, which is how the United States controls the world's reserve system, the reserve, world's monetary system. So when you hear about the U.S. slapping sanctions on Russia or sanctions on Iran, they do that through the SWIFT system. If you've ever sent a wire transfer, then you know what the SWIFT system is. Um, and then we have the military and we have all the we have the Federal Reserve and we have all the banks, J.P. Morgan, and then we have the head of the Federal Reserve and we have this the Treasury with Janet Yellen, and we have all these people, we have all this military, we have all these things to support the financial system. I don't know. Millions of people. Millions of people, hundreds of trillions of dollars of uh, manpower and technology to support the U.S. financial system, and an open source piece of code is going to destabilize it? (laughs) Think about that. Think about how powerful that is. One small piece of open source code that can literally fit onto a thumb drive that's not controlled by anyone, it's just a piece of code, a protocol, could undermine the entire financial system, could replace it, could replace it. But that's what, that's what they're saying. When they're saying they could undermine it, they're saying it could replace it. What, what does that mean to undermine it? They're saying that people might opt to use that system instead of theirs. Right, that's undermining it. Like, um, if you're a parent, <laughs> let's say you have a, a kid, and uh, your kid asks, you know, you one question, and they go ask your husband or wife the other question. You know, they, they didn't get the answer they wanted, and they go ask the other person, and they're undermining you. Right, they're getting the answer from somebody else. So, if you don't like the dollar system that trillions of dollars is being used to prop up, um, if you don't like that, well, you could use this piece of open source code that nobody controls and nobody has, you know, power over. Um, and people are opting to do that. It's taking power away. It's just, uh, it's, it's a pretty amazing thought, for me anyway. Hopefully you guys see the same thing to look at that. An open source piece of code undermining the entire financial system. And, that, and in my opinion, that's not a bad thing. In my opinion, that's a good thing. In my opinion, we need to remove money and state. We need a separation of money and state, like we had a separation of church and state. We need a separation of money and state. The government has not always um, issued money. They didn't create money. They didn't invent it. They should have no power to um, create it and to control it. So we could opt to use a different system, 
like this open source piece of code um, because I like that better because I'm not being manipulated. It can't be stolen from me. It can't be seized. They can't artificially inflate it. They can't steal from me that way. I tend to like that better. And if that undermines their system, that's a good thing, right? That's how technology works. It's actually something called creative destruction. And what creative destruction means is that when something new is created, when there's a new way of doing something, it destroys the old way. So digital cameras destroyed film grammas for the most part, right? Um, not because they're mean or because they're bad. They're just better. It's just better technology. And so why wouldn't I use it? And so that kills the old way. That's how it's always supposed to work. Um, you know, a forest fire burns away the underbrush so we can have new growth. And technology does the same thing, right? So it's, it's a better way of doing things and it replaces the old. And these people want to slow that down. Christine Lagarde said that innovation's a problem. It's a problem. And so uh, I think it's a problem that they want to stop innovation. But what do you think? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at one Mark Moss. That's the number one at one Mark Moss or on Instagram. I'd love for you to let me know what you think about that on my social media. Send me a, send me a message at me and I will make sure to answer that question. I'd love to hear that you're listening. You're listening to the Mark Moss show. We're talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and the decentralized revolution. And I will be right back. Welcome back. You're back listening to the Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin, and we're talking about cryptocurrencies, and we're talking about the decentralized revolution that is sweeping the world, and how it's the biggest opportunity of your life, the biggest opportunity you'll ever see in your life, uh, multiple lifetimes for that matter. And if you listen to me each and every week, you're going to have the information you need in order to play this the right way. All right. Now, uh, we were talking about before the break how Hillary Clinton came out and said that Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies could undermine the entire financial system. Um, and I said how Christine Lagarde, she used to be with the IMF, International Monetary Fund. It's like the central bank above central banks. She's now at the ECB, the European Central Bank. She said that innovation is a threat to their financial um, it's their financial monopoly is really what she's saying. Um, and so we were talking about that. And I was just saying how, um, how funny that is, how ironic that a small open source piece of code that nobody owns or controls, just a piece of code, could undermine the entire financial system. And, and, and the reason why it undermines it is because it's better. So people opt to use it instead of of, of, the, of the current financial system that we have. And so um, it's interesting to see this happening in real time. And this week also we saw that India announced, it says uh, India could bar transactions in cryptocurrencies, but they could permit holding them as assets. Hmm, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. I haven't really heard that one before. Of course, uh, if you've been following the space for any period of time, you know that countries uh, pretty routinely decide to ban cryptocurrencies and then allow cryptocurrencies and then ban them, and they kind of waffle back and forth. Um, and India is definitely one of those countries. Now, India is uh, definitely not the poster child for financial freedom, let's just say that. I think it was 2016, uh, so about five years ago, they just kind of overnight decided that, uh, shoot, is it the thousand and five hundred dollar rupee notes were illegal? I think those were like 
sorry, off the top of my head, I think they're like 15, 20 bucks or something like that at the time. And just overnight, oh, sorry, um, those bills are no longer legal anymore. You can't use them anymore. And we're going to give you, I think it was like 30 days to turn them in or they're no good. Well, in India, it's a very rural country. And so people store their wealth in gold, jewelry, things like that. Um, but they also bear, they also have a lot of cash and they put a lot of cash in their mattresses or bury it or whatever they're doing. And so they said, Hey, we're going to make all these notes illegal and you have like 30 days to turn them in. So you better go to the bank and turn them in. Oh, and by the way, if you can't produce all the paperwork of how you got those dollars, then, um, there's like this massive fine, I forget, like a 50% fine or some tax or something like that, um, or they're going to seize it from you. So that was pretty interesting. So that's that's the case with India. So now this week they're saying that um, they want to bar the use of cryptocurrency for transactions or for making payments, but they'll allow you to hold them as assets like gold or like stocks or like bonds or something like that, which is pretty interesting. So a couple of things that I think that are interesting is one, they obviously see the um, let's just say the long-term potential for increasing your purchasing power for going up in value, right? So they see it, they see it as a good potential for making money. Um, so they don't want to bar their citizens from participating in that. So that's at least a good thing. You know, the one thing um, a nation could make buying cryptocurrencies illegal, they could do that. They could say, if we catch you with cryptocurrencies, we'll throw you in jail. They could do that. But all they're doing is barring their own citizens from participating in it. It doesn't actually stop it or shut it down. All right. So um, India could say no one's allowed to do anything with it. You can't touch it, trade it, nothing. Um, and that would not stop it. Here in the United States, we'd still be using it. Um, it would only prevent people in India from participating. So what they're doing is just making their own citizens poor. And so somehow India seems to recognize that because they want to allow them to hold the assets like gold or or stock or bonds, but not use them for transactions. And they says that uh, this approach would avoid implementing a complete ban. Now, I don't know exactly how they'll do that. My guess is they would probably do something like a like some sort of like an index or fund or like an ETF where you can buy gold through like a gold ETF right now, but you don't take the physical gold. You can't you know, take possession of it. Um, you just have access to the price of gold. I definitely wouldn't recommend holding gold that way. Um, we just had the launch of the first Bitcoin ETF. I think it was about a month ago now. Um, I talked about it on this show back then. And we had the, the launch of the first Bitcoin ETF, and that's kind of the same way. I don't own Bitcoin, but I have exposure to the price of Bitcoin through the ETF. And so maybe India would do something like that, create some sort of a fund or an ETF where you have exposure to the price, but you don't actually own it. Maybe. Um, but in, India's prime minister said um, that he was concerned that unregulated crypto markets could become avenues for money laundering and terror financing. Ooh, it's always the big boogeyman that comes out, right? They think about the worst things. Um, there was a FinCEN. So FinCEN is the Financial Enforcement Crimes Network for the United States. Um, it's one of the big you know, money regulatory bodies in the United States. They did a big study that was called the FinCEN Files. I think it came out uh, six or nine months ago. And they basically showed how the big banks of the world, the HSBCs, the Deutsche Banks, etc., have have laundered over $2 trillion. That's $2 trillion with a T. $2 trillion laundered money for cartels and things like that. That's dollars. 
That's the dollar system. That's the dollar system they control, and they can't stop it with that. And they're worried about um, you or the people in India with very little money. Um, they're worried about them potentially laundering money. What does that even mean, laundering money? So that's basically doing anything that the government hasn't given you explicit license to do. I mean, if you think about that for a second, they're basically saying you're not free. You don't have freedom to do with your money as you see fit. Um, you can only use money inside the consigned, confined space and limits that we give you. Now, what's interesting about that is I think that, you know, if, if the United States or any government for that matter said that drugs were illegal, which of course they did and they are, um, that doesn't make you want to go do them, right? Um, but still, even then they can't stop drugs. But what about when a nation tells you that you don't have the right to hold your wealth in a way that we can't steal from you? You don't have the right to use um, whatever terms of buying and selling that you want. You don't have the freedom to move your money around except for in the regulated channels we give you. When they tell you that, it makes you want to do that. And so I think it's pretty interesting to see this. So while people are so busy going, oh my gosh, the price of cryptocurrency dipped, Bitcoin's down 12%, is Mt. Gox going to sell all those Bitcoin? Really? Like you're worried about it from a weekly basis? I mean, governments are worried about it be, them being replaced by these assets. That's how big they are. So if you're, if you're looking, I say it all the time, if you're looking at your portfolio on a daily or a weekly or even a monthly basis, you're never gonna make it. We call that NGMI, never gonna make it. You need to zoom out. We literally have nations, we literally have Hillary Clinton warning you that they could potentially undermine or replace the entire financial system and yet you're worried about uh, or people are worried about the price dipping 15% because uh, potentially <laughs> uh, potentially uh, the Mt. Gox tokens will be dumped onto the market. So I would just say zoom out. I give you this information because this is a long-term play. You hold this for five years or 10 years, it's going to change your life. But if you're looking at the news on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and oh my gosh, then the price dropped 15%, I should probably sell right now, you're never gonna make it. So I give you this news to show you where things are going so you have what we call the strong hands, the diamond hands, that you can hang on through any of these dips. Be like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's a, a household name because he's one of the most successful investors in history. He bought Coca-Cola in 1964, I think, and he still owns it today. How many dips has he had to hold through to continue to hold that today. And that's the approach you need to take with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, all right? You're listening, by the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. If you just joined me, I'm talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and the decentralized revolution each and every week. So put a calendar, make sure you're back with me this time. Thanks for listening. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 